Welcome to the Confident Couples Podcast, episode 49. We've been traveling solo a lot lately, so we wanted to share what we've been learning. Today, we're covering travel plans, keeping in touch, and how to under-promise and over-deliver the next time you're apart. Let's get to it. You know what sounds really fun and actually isn't? New Year's Eve. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) nope. I was going with business travel, but also New Year's Eve. Dang it. (laughs) Give me restart that. (laughs) No, I love it. I mean, that's a tangent, but it's so true. It's very timely. You know, I try not to be timely on this podcast. But yes. You're listening to this on the day that it went live, it's the morning of 2020. Amazing. And that means that we have just spent New Year's Eve hiding inside our house, eating pizza, and possibly going to bed before midnight. Check. Now, on to the other thing (laughs) that sounds more fun than it actually is, and that is traveling for business. The topic of today's episode, traveling for business, is something that Bud and I both do on occasion. And are starting to do more and more separately. I love when I get to travel with Bud for his work. Sometimes he comes with me for mine. But more and more, we're traveling separately and currently trying to figure out how that works, what it looks like, how not to be mad at each other when we're a thousand miles apart, etc. So we just spent, what, six nights apart? Five nights? Five, six nights apart. And we thought that this was a Fun topic to chat about when we were fresh in our minds. So we've got three tips to go through and going to discuss and see some of the things that we've been working on to make sure that traveling apart is a positive experience as much as it can be, even though it's not the preferred experience still as much as it can be. So the first tip is be clear about when you're leaving and when you're getting home. This is pretty basic, right? Pretty basic, but I think sometimes we're not always that good about planning in advance. It's like, oh, what are we doing this week? Oh, crap. I'm going out of town. We forgot to plan. I forgot to tell you. Sometimes things come up last minute for work and a trip gets thrown at you and you just got to go. So this is pretty basic, but I think it's really important if it's not something that's worked into your regular travel routine. So talk about how we share our plans. So I think what we do that you want me to talk about is that we share calendar events with each other. We do. And particularly what we've gotten in the habit of doing is the all-day event instead of when it actually is. We also share a complete calendar, so if you want to see detail, you can see that too. But if I'm going to be gone, I usually make the all-day event as where I'm going and then invite Sarah to it so then you can see that that's out there. And that has a whole other host of effects on like how are you going to plan around anything that Jetta needs or if you've got kids, you got to plan around kid care and all that stuff. So if you, that's kind of how we passively do it. And then I think we do a little bit better job of being more specific about it the closer we get to the event or to the travel. Which is good if we remember. Yes. So we can be like, oh, I'm going to be gone all day on this day. So I need to find someone to watch Jetta or things like that, or somebody needs something and I know you're out of town, so I'm going to have to take care of it myself, that sort of stuff. I think another thing that can be really helpful is forwarding each other any airplane arrangements, so flights. I'm not picky about knowing what hotel you're at. 
probably because we share our locations on the phone all the time. I forget what hotel I'm at all the time. I've started putting it in the invite because I'll glance and be like, okay, where am I going? Right. I don't even know where I'm going. Up to and including landing and be like, oh, I don't even have a hotel for tonight. Did that happen? Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. I've done that before. <laughs> <laughs> all the trips just run together. I do like the idea of putting more and more details in the description of that event that you're sharing with your partner. So that is a good way to send a lot of details and keep them really organized in one place because you can also update that event if anything changes or you get some new details you want to add. So I think that's a really good way to do it. If you haven't come up with a specific routine for sharing your travel plans, I really, really like a shared calendar event. The only thing I haven't showed up and forgotten to do is an airline ticket. I've forgotten rental cars and hotels and haven't done anything for any dinner reservations. I have I have at least always shown up at the airport with a ticket. That is good. It's, I mean, it's just something I could do in the future, though. You never know. <laughs> we almost did it last year going to D.C. I bought the tickets for the complete wrong week- weekend. Yes, that does happen. And it's not just you. Nope. <laughs> Tip number two. This one's really important. If you have not done a lot of traveling separately... Here's a very important tip for you. Be clear about how often you'll be able to be in touch. So Bud and I have a pretty good cadence on a regular day where we're generally pretty available for each other. So quick phone call to check in on something, quick text message gets answered pretty quickly. But when you're traveling, you're probably going somewhere because you have a lot to do when you get to that place. And these could be all day events. There could be nighttime events. So it's super important if you have a regular routine that you give your partner a little update on if you're going to be able to make that routine like usual. So maybe you always call each other before going to bed. I really like doing that when we're apart just so that we can end the day together. So whenever one of us goes to bed, just call the other and say, hey, my day's over. Hope you had a good one. And so that's something that we do a lot. But there are times when we're traveling that we might be out at that time when the other person's going to bed. And so we just have to be really clear on where we're going to be at night and if we can do that call as we usually do in our ritual. So be super clear about how often you'll be able to be in touch while you're away. For me, I think this is really easily summed up into under promise and over deliver. So if any point in time where you believe that You and I have a standard cadence where we do try to do morning check-ins and evening check-ins, and that's pretty much it. But if at any point in time I know or believe that I may not be able to make either one of those work, just tell you, like, I don't think I'll be able to call you tomorrow, or I don't even use think sometimes. I try to do, like, I won't be able to call you tomorrow. I'm going to be doing this, this, and this, and I just won't have time. And then if I magically discover the time, I can make that under promise first and then over deliver by calling you. Yes. And then it's such a sweet surprise. Yes. Instead of a, oh crap, I need to do this. And because now I, I said I would. To, she's waiting for me. And it becomes a, it can potentially become a bigger problem down the line or a bigger problem than what it even should be. So this is interesting, just having this conversation. I didn't even realize that we do kind of have a ritual where we check in with each other in the morning before we start our day. Usually, as long as it's, it's easier when we're in the same time zone. Like the last trip, we were in the same time zone. But yes. A lot of times we're not. 
yeah, that can be a lot harder when you're out on the West Coast and I'm on Eastern time and I'm going to bed right when you're at dinner. It's really hard to make that lineup or your day starting and I'm already in the middle of my day. So maybe I can't take your call. Yep. When we're in Miss adjacent time zones more than two or three hours, it gets really hard. And that's just something to recognize and not overpromise on things you can't deliver as far as communication. That's right. As far as communication, I just want to say one more thing that we live in a time where a text message is so easy to send. No matter where you're running around, what you're doing, you know, you can go to the bathroom and shoot your partner a quick text message. Depends I, on what you shoot in the bathroom. Pardon? What kind of picture? Not a picture. <laughs> I've seen send your partner a text message with text in it. I thought that's where you were going. No. <laughs> I, I'm just saying that there are small pockets of time during your day where you can make an effort to check in. In the bathroom. <laughs> that's not what I'm saying. <sighs> I'm going to try to get this back on track. Uh, I love doing the Giphy cam, the quick Giphy cam send to you. Would you like to explain that? It's a great, why do you sound so disappointed? I'm trying to get us back on track. It's a great application where you just, you know, take a quick GIF and it sends it in a text message. The classic kissy face GIF is the selfie kiffy, kissy face GIF is my favorite to send to you. I do enjoy that. It always that. brings you great joy. And then I know that you're thinking about me. <laughs> And all it took was a very quick text message. So I still remember. I still remember when my dad would travel when I was growing up, and it was like since there was only phone call as an option, he had to say, "Hey, I'll try to call you tonight," and then had to call the house phone and hope that we were there and listening. And you know, it was just so much more difficult to connect when you were away than it is now. So. Appreciate what we have and recognize you can send your partner a quick text message, even if you don't have time to talk when you're traveling. And I'm sure that's something that would be appreciated. So don't forget that your partner is home by themselves, probably very sad. So <laughs> make an effort and check in. So the other thing that we talk about regularly is to be thoughtful about re-entry. Tip and number three. Yes, tip number three. So the way that this manifests for us recently is that Sarah was on a business trip and was on it for, you were out in Vegas for what, a week? A little bit less than? I think it was like four days. Four days. But when she was out there, you know, it was go, go, go and with people all day long. And as a natural introvert, that was something that is very, very wearing on her. I go both, what am I called? And like, I go both ways. An introverted like an extrovert? Omnivert? Um, oh, sure. Right? Okay. Fact check that right there. Omnivore? Yeah, that's somebody who eats only veggies, and, right? No, no, isn't that everything? I don't know what it is. Anyway. Lots of fact-checking going on. <laughs> only we had supercomputers to ask something these questions. And when she came back, she was like, okay, I'm tired. I need a break. I'm tired. I just need to, like a night to like collect myself. And I was like, but, you know, we got this party to go to Friday night. She's like, I'm not going. I'm so not going. It was very draining. It was long days at the conference that I went to and I needed quiet time at home snuggling Jetta on the couch and so Bud was very thoughtful about my re-entry and I did not go to the event 
that he had planned. Now, he still went, which was fine. And I incessantly text her pictures. <sighs> we should have put a GoPro cam on and just streamed it back to you. <laughs> but thankfully, was, you weren't mad because no, I really, uh-uh. I needed I needed that time. So that was very thoughtful on my reentry from the trip. You just missed the greatest rendition of Shallow by... Two men. Two men. It was hilarious. <laughs> now... It's important for the partner at home to be sensitive to the needs of the person who's coming home from travel. It's also important for the partner coming home to be sensitive to the fact that their partner's been home alone all week or home taking care of everything at home all week. So when you've been apart and you're coming back together, I think it's just really important to see the situation from the other person's perspective and recognize what they might need. So when you're coming home, be sensitive to the fact that your partner may think you were out partying all week and now they have some chores that need to be done and they want you to get right down to business. And if you're too tired to think about that or deal with it, it needs to be an open conversation. You need to talk about your needs and see where you can compromise and how you can get those things done. But reentry can be really difficult for so many reasons, different perspectives on what's going on, different needs because you've been apart. So be really sensitive. One thing that I always really love, and I don't know how I conveyed this to Bud, what I love when I come home and the kitchen is clean. Because when I come home from a trip and the main part of the house looks like a tornado blew through, And all of Bud's dishes from the whole week have been piled up by the sink (laughs) instead of being piled up in the dishwasher. And seven cans of sparkling water are in the sink instead of being in the recycling bin. As if he's waiting for me to come home and take care of those things. That really makes me mad. It's my gift. But I don't do that. But you don't do that. I don't do that. No. Uh Uh-uh. You've been really good. I think that's why you get nervous that I don't eat while you're gone. Or you ask other people to feed me. No, I just know that you're only going to feed yourself carrots and hummus and crackers, like not an actual meal. I don't. I haven't turned orange yet, so that's not, good. I mean, at least it's not like you order pizza every night, but I am pretty sure you don't eat real food when I'm gone. <laughs> we'll have to take pictures of each of my meals next time that you're traveling and you know, I'm home. That could be a really interesting connection point. That could be. So I like that ritual. You go right ahead. There we go. I prefer Snapchat so that that doesn't take up all the space in Um, my text messages. I will communicate with you the means that I would like to. She's going to get all the bathroom selfies now, too. Oh, good. (laughs) You should always do those on Snapchat. (laughs) What do you think about... How much time are we into it now? What do you think about gifts? Oh, like bringing your partner a gift home from a trip. You know, that's something that I think that some people or kids did or or parents did for kids. What do you think about gifts? I think gifts are stressful. Also, gift giving is not my love language in any way, which I think we've talked about a little bit. But I have watched people that I've been on trips with who always bring home a gift and it becomes very stressful for them because they can get to the last day of a very busy trip and go, oh my gosh, I am coming home empty handed and my family is going to be so mad like I haven't thought about them. So I'm not into gifts from the person who's been traveling. I think it's too much stress, but I recognize that gifts are really important for some people. We have a gift. That we do bring each other on a standard basis, though. 
Shake Shack. Yes. <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> I do love an edible gift. I, I will say that. I brought that. you, what did I bring you? I brought you on the last trip. Pimento cheese. It's pimento cheese, mm-hmm. yes. From the airport. So when we're doing gifts, I mean, I'll just throw this out there. I think a lot of people think about gifts as a physical one, but we do do the edible gifts and pack a shack and shake shack and uh, pimento cheese or things like that that have been fun to bring back too. I will say though, there's no expectation that you're no, coming back isn't. with something because I think it's too much stress to say that you have to come back with something every time or I'm disappointed. So, and I think you're a lot better at bringing home something than I am. So to me, I hate making it a regular thing where it becomes a stressor in the travel. I'd rather it becomes a fun thing that you do if you have time and that fits in your schedule, not that you feel like you have to. Well, the Shake Shack thing has been great with, you know, all the food delivery services. Just bring it to the hotel. It's perfect. I got nothing but time then. Hey, don't. All to do is grab and go. Don't downplay your efforts here. I'm, I'm not. I think that's factual. <laughs> well, those are the topics that we want to discuss today about, you know, traveling apart can be something that can be frustrating and challenging and riddled with landmines if there aren't any agreements or plans in place. And we thought it would be fun to kind of do a light episode and discuss those. So I hope those three tips are helpful to you, and I hope you think about them the next time you might be traveling apart. So that's our Confident Couples Challenge for today. Reference this episode next time you have a trip coming up. That's right. Thanks for listening, and cheers to Confident Couples. Cheers. Thanks for listening to the Confident Couples Podcast. If we've helped your relationship in any way, we'd love to hear about it. That's what keeps us going and keeps us recording these episodes. Let us know by submitting an anonymous contact form at budandsarah.com or send an Instagram message to at budandsarah or best of all, leave a positive review on your podcast app. We hope to hear from you and we'll talk to you soon.